You are listening to audio from the Rail City campus of CA Church. We are a church fervently committed to bringing the good news to the city of Port Moody. We hope this message helps you grow in your personal relationship with Jesus. Good morning, everyone. Merry Christmas. So good to be with you here this Sunday. My name is Cam Daly. I am one of the pastors here at CA Church. If this is your first time here, welcome, welcome. Uh, We are Rail City Campus. We launched this campus over a year ago here in the city of Port Moody. And so if you live in Port Moody uh, or you live in the surrounding area, we want you to know you are so welcome. This is why we are here. Uh, We are a church that is fervently committed to bringing the good news to this city and the region uh, that surrounds it. And so I'm so, so excited uh, to have you here. Uh, We have been in a series called Angels We Have Heard. We launched it last week as we talked about how the angel Gabriel went to Zechariah, told him he was going to have a son, and he did. And that son ended up uh, becoming John the Baptist. And we talked about our fears, the fears that we have, and how the, the Christmas message and how that story in particular combats and speaks to some of the fears we might have. And today we are continuing this series as we look at another angelic appearance, another angel that we have heard in the Christmas story, specifically the story of when the angel appears to Mary, appears to Mary. And so because we're flying through this service today, you know, because we want to be done by 11, uh, let's let's stand in honor of God's word. We're going to read Luke chapter 1, verse 26 to 38. Luke chapter 1, verse 26 to 38. It's probably the quickest we've ever read this scripture. Normally I have like 10-minute intros alone, right? So, uh, <laughs> so let's read this together. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, this is the same Elizabeth uh, who we heard about last week, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, of all places, <laughs> a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. And Gabriel, the angel, appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what this angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. You will give him the name Jesus. He will be very great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him uh, the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, But how could this happen? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, The Spirit of God will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy. That means to be set apart. And he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. God, thank you for this story. Lord, we pray that it would speak to us today. We want to hear from you. Uh, We want to hear your message for us. And so we pray that you would speak to us now. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. 
lots of things we could highlight and point out and talk about. And, uh, and you know, if I had 40 minutes, I might try. <laughs> but I don't. And so I, I just have a, a brief idea. And by the way, if we can start that timer, because otherwise we will not end on time, okay? Uh, as, uh, there's one idea that really stuck out to me this week. And, and I'll be honest, this, this idea or this message, like this, this isn't like the kind of idea that would make your like homiletics, um, you know, preaching teacher in Bible college like clap for you, you know. Uh, it, it's, 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 not, it's not necessarily to please those who love exegetical verse by verse, word by word sermons. I love doing that. I underline words all the time. But as I was reading it, there was one particular idea that stood out to me. And I felt like it was God maybe even just prompting me to speak about this this Sunday. And so I'm going to trust him uh, rather than my homiletics teacher. So, and here's what stood out to me, okay? What stood out to me in this text is this. Is how massively, sorry, how ma- the, the, there's just this massive interruption to her life by the coming of the Son of God. She has this incredible interruption to her day-to-day life because of the coming of the Son of God, Jesus. Think about it for a moment. Mary is betrothed. She's engaged to Joseph. She's planning her wedding. She's dreaming about her future. She's probably picking out her dress at Rachel and Leah's bridal store, you know. Uh, (laughs) She's deciding, okay, are we going to have like some fish from the Sea of Galilee? Or are we going to get a lamb uh, from the hills of Bethlehem, right? Like she, she's deciding which vineyard she's going to go with, right? Uh, and and, and all, these my, all these questions are going through her mind. And all of you brides out there, you totally understand these questions. And she's thinking about her future children. She's already thinking about their names. I know Jessica, like from like, you know, a young age had a notebook with like all the names of her future children. She crossed them off. She had new ones. She, she was dreaming. She was thinking about her future. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appears to her speaks a message over her, and totally ruins and interrupts everything, (laughs) right? Like, we always think about these Christmas stories with just such like, oh, wonder and awe and wow, you know? And it's like, just imagine being Mary and Joseph, right? You had all these plans, and angels show up to you and totally interrupt the entire thing. They say, you know, not only are you going to have a child, it's going to be out of wedlock, So there's going to be shame, uh, there's going to be questions, there's going to be all these things that come with it. And not only that, your child is going to be the son of God, the son of the most high. And he's going to be perfect. He's never going to do anything wrong. Okay, imagine parenting that child, right? (laughs) Just think of all, she's now, because this angel has spoken over her, she is confronted with a massive interruption to her day-to-day life, her dreams, her future, her plans. And here's the question I have for you is how would you respond? How would you respond if an angel showed up to you? It's funny, I was thinking about this. Uh, Jessica and I can kind of relate with Mary and Joseph in this story. Not because we had a child out of wedlock, okay? <laughs> Praise God. No one laughed at that, but that is it. <laughs> Uh, but (laughs) Jessica's shaking her head somewhere I'm sure Uh, but 
we almost had our wedding interrupted by the coming of the Son of God. (laughs) And so you might remember (laughs) way back in the day, we're talking, you know, uh, May 21st, 2011, there began to be signs posted all over uh, the lower mainland, all over the country, all over the world, saying this. And we can put up the sign. Let's put up this picture. He's coming again. <laughs> May 21st, 2011. A wise man's heart discerneth. I love that. It has to be King James, of course, right? Both time and judgment. Ecclesiastes, right? The wise men knew. You can know too, dot com, right? We, and so... <laughs> So our wedding day was May 21st, 2011. And we had all these plans. We had picked the caterer. We had chosen, you know, the wine. Uh, She had had the dress, the whole thing. And I literally had this thought come across my mind. Like, Lord, if you're coming back, like, that is amazing news. I'm really excited about it. But can you wait till the 22nd, you know? (laughs) I'd love to have my wedding day, you know? It'd be amazing. Uh, And so... (laughs) And I was thinking about this story, and it got me thinking, like, it got me thinking about Mary and Joseph's experience, right? They have all these plans, and now suddenly there's been announced this declaration, the coming of the Son of God who's going to interrupt and ruin everything. Okay, right? I bet you no one has ever said that about the Christmas story before. (laughs) And so here's the question. How would you respond Jesus clearly did not come back May 21st, 2011. We had an amazing wedding at Old Orchard Hall. Sorry, we were married at CA Church in the reception at Old Orchard Hall here in Port Moody. It was a fantastic day, and we're all still here today, right? Uh, He hasn't come back, but here's the reality is that the Son of God did show up for her in that year. He did come. He was God among us. Everything the angel said was true, and it totally interrupted everything. How would you respond? How would you respond? Have you ever been interrupted by God? I doubt you've had an angel show up to you. Perhaps you've seen, you know, plans that you had totally go astray. Maybe you had dreams for your life and things have gone a different way. God, for whatever reason, has redirected your path and your steps. And the question is this, how do you respond? Well, I'll tell you how Mary responded. And it's absolutely remarkable. It's amazing. Of course, initially she is confused. She's, it says she is confused and disturbed. <laughs> Which I, gotta, I thought that was kind of funny. But she's confused and disturbed. But, but the way she ends up responding after she hears all that the angel says is remarkable. And it's found in verse 38. And it says this, And Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything... You have said about me, come true. And the angel left her. This angel appears to Mary to tell her of all these things that will change her life. And she could have responded, no thanks. (laughs) No, I'm good. Can you find somebody else? You know, I, I could recommend a few people, but not me. But instead, she has this incredible availability. She has this incredible willingness Just this embrace of all that the angel has spoken over her, even though it will have consequences for her life. She says, I am the Lord's servant, and may everything you have said about me come true. Everything? 
Really, Mary? Everything? You know, like, I'd be like, oh, the stuff about me being favored and blessed. More of that, Lord, right? But, you know, (laughs) right? Uh, Like, some of this other stuff, that's kind of crazy. But she says, may everything, every detail, every iota of what you have said about me come True, she has incredible availability and willingness to accept this interruption in her life and to her plans. And so here's the idea I want to share with us this morning. It is this, is that God works something in and through you. An important and, question, uh, sorry, important and challenging question for us today is this, are you interruptible? Are you available For him to work in and through you. Because we follow a God who loves to work. He loves to work through people who are interruptible. There's a quote by uh, a guy named Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He was alive during the Second World War. Uh, He was part of the group of, uh, of people who tried to take down Adolf Hitler. He was a pastor. He was a theologian. And he wanted to help the Jewish people. In one of his books where he talked about, uh, it was called Life Together, he talked about this idea of being interruptible. And here's what he said. We must be ready to allow ourselves to be interrupted by God. God will be constantly crossing our paths and canceling our plans by sending us people with claims and petitions. We may pass them by, preoccupied with our more important tasks, It is a strange fact that Christians and even ministers frequently consider their work so important and urgent that they will allow nothing to disturb them. They think they are doing God a service in this, but actually they are are disdaining God's crooked and yet straight path. I think if we're honest, many of us are far too planned and scheduled and committed to our ways that we pass by moments that God wants to interrupt us, that God wants to use us to bring his work in and through us. We're just too busy. We just know what's right. We have our own dreams. We have our own ambitions. We have our own ways. And what God wants to do from time to time is interrupt you. Okay, one of the most interruptible people I know is a really good friend of mine. uh, And uh, his name is Dave Johnson. Many of you know him. There he is. <laughs> now, it's, it's funny, and it's probably frustrating to those who actually live with him and live amongst him. But this guy, he, he lives in the moment, okay? Like, just purely in the moment. But one of the things I love about Dave is he's just totally willing to be interrupted at any given moment, no matter what he is doing, no matter where he needs to go, no matter what is next. You, he, he's just, he's, he's almost like Dietrich Bonhoeffer was talking about it, just ready to be interrupted. He'll be at Walmart and some lady, you know, asks him for a quarter for the, you know, uh, the cart. And all of a sudden, this is now an opportunity to get to know her and pray for her, right? Um, I, I remember one time we had a youth retreat and it was, it was right before the pandemic, like literally right before the world shut down. And uh, the conference got shut down in Seattle. And suddenly, within three days, we're going to Camp Kakawa and we're bringing our students with us because we had no idea what COVID was. And we were just like, let's still do the retreat, right? And and, um, and, and Dave had plans that weekend. He canceled the plans because he said, well, this is what I need to do. This is my opportunity to go and speak. I asked him to come and speak to the students, the whole thing. So he drops everything to go and speak. Uh, <laughs> Dave, it, this happens all the time with him. 
He's just willing, he is just ready to be interrupted in any given moment so that God can use him. And as frustrating as it is for those who are his closest friends and family and all this kind of stuff, it's, it's absolutely an incredible quality that he has. He's just ready. He's almost anticipating and waiting and on the look for the moments that God wants to intercept his reality and use him to do something in this world and this incredible quality. And uh, although he isn't here to be honored as I'm talking about this right now, <laughs> he's suffering for the Lord in Hawaii somewhere. <laughs> right? It's like, I think Dave is a great example for us of what it means to be people who... who are interruptible and available and willing for God to use. God uses this disposition in Dave's life, and he finds himself meeting people and praying for people and helping people and leading people to the Lord all the time. And it's just absolutely incredible. And so in the words of Bonhoeffer, we must be ready to allow ourselves to be interrupted by God. And this is what this Christmas story teaches us. And we see it in the life of Mary. She was just, she's just willing. She's just available. She says, would, would everything you said about me come true? In another uh, translation, she says, let it be. Let it be. The question for us this Christmas is this. Will we be like Eve or will we be like Mary? Will we be like Eve or will we be like Mary? Let me explain what I mean by that. In the very beginning, the first chapter of the scriptures, the first chapters of the scriptures, we see Eve, who is the first woman. And she decides, I want it my way. My plans, my outcomes, my desires, not God's. And because of this, because of her decision, Adam's decision, sin and death and Destruction enters the world. It ruins absolutely everything. And what we see in Mary and in this story is this, is someone who says, no, would all of God's ways come true? Even if it's an inconvenience to me, <laughs> even if it's going to bring about hardship for me, even if it's going to uh, bring about difficulty for me, God, would everything you have said about me come true? Rather than she says, I, I, I want it my way, or let me have it my way, she says, let it be. Everything you have said about me, God, would it come true? And so the question is this Christmas, will you be like Eve or will you be like Mary? Mary gives us an incredible example of what? That God works through interruptible people. He loves to work through interruptible people. And Christmas is a season full of interruption, isn't it? It really is. There's parties, there's events, there's shopping, there's all this extra cooking, there's all these holidays that are getting in the way of your work schedule. It's just full of interruptions. Blessed interruptions, amazing interruptions, but let's be honest, a lot of interruptions, right? Uh, they, the kids are home from school. It's just, it's, it's a time full of interruptions. And what better time for us to consider, okay, God, in the midst of this interrupt, these interruptions that I will experience, what is it that you want to do in and through me this Christmas? So here's the question I want to ask in Conclusion. What would actually happen if you lived out this principle in your life? 
You were just available. You were willing. You were interruptible. Would it actually change the world? (laughs) Would it actually change your life? Would God actually work in and through you? Well, I want to consider for a moment this. What if Mary said no? Now, I, I get it. In the grand scheme of things, God would have chose someone else, and he would have never chose Mary if she, he knew she was going to say no. He knows all things. Da, 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 da. Okay, Bible college students, leave the room for a moment, okay? So, <laughs> but just play out this scenario, okay, in your mind. What if Mary said no to God? What if Mary said no to the angel? Thank you so much for your appearance. It was really cool, <laughs> you know, but... I'm good, right? (laughs) What if she said, yeah, you know, I'm just, I'm not into that kind of thing, Lord. I considered this for a moment. What if Mary said no? This would have meant no to the sun, no to the blessing that would go to generation after generation after generation all the way to us. What if Mary said no? It literally could have playing this out, changed the trajectory of the world and changed our reality. It just goes to show that a simple no does have implications in our world. And some of you right now, there are these things, they seem small, they seem insignificant, but they're interruptions and you're saying no to them. But perhaps that no, if it became a yes, could actually change someone's reality. It could change someone's trajectory. It could change someone's life. I have an example of this. Uh, When I was in Bible college at Columbia Bible College, I graduated from Pacific Life Bible College, but when I was in Columbia Bible College, I remember I was sitting in the library one day, and I was studying. I was trying to get a paper done. It was literally this time of year. And students know, this time of year, all right? It is crunch time. It is get it done. No interruptions. And I'm sitting there, and... And honestly, God starts bugging me. Okay, he starts bugging me. And he starts, hey, Cam, I want you to read First Peter. I don't have time for First Peter, Lord, right? And it doesn't always operate kind of like that, but it's, it, I'm just trying to help you understand what it's like internally. Um, and, um, okay, fine, I'll read First Peter. First Peter chapter 1, I'm reading verses 6 to 8. And it talks about, though you face very, um, various trials now for a little while, There is great joy ahead. There is great joy ahead. I say, cool, Lord. Thanks for sharing that with me. I'm going to keep studying now. And then I get this sense. It says, hey, I want you to share that scripture with that lady who's sitting across the library over there. Now, Bible colleges are populated by 20-year-olds looking for spouses, right? Uh, And um, this lady is in her 50s. She, She just totally stands out like a sore thumb. So I thought maybe it's just weird pizza I had last night or something like that. That I'm thinking about this lady. Obviously, she's standing out to me, Lord, it can't be you. I just had this sense I need to share with this lady this scripture. I'm like, God, I have a paper to finish, okay? Like, I, I, this, is, this could be totally humiliating. She might just stare at me. She might say I'm, uh, you know, a wacko. I don't know what it is. And so I'm kind of arguing with God internally. And finally, I just say, fine, okay, I'll go. I walk up to the lady, I go, hey, listen, I know this is totally weird and it might be completely irrelevant, but I want to read this scripture for you. And I read 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6 to 8. And she just starts crying. She's weeping and she's weeping. And honestly, it took a few minutes for her to explain to me what was going on for her. But she told me, oh man, I have been in such a challenging season. 
I've been walking through such a season of difficulty. Uh, There's issues going on in my family. I recently got divorced. There's all these challenges. And when I first came to faith, when when I first came to faith, I remember reading that scripture, and it really was powerful. It really spoke to me. And I've literally been asking God, God, do you care about me? I'm at Bible college. I feel like you've called me into ministry. What's going on? But my life is falling apart. And she'd been crying out to God, asking him to show her a sign that he was still with her, that he still cared for her. And that day, I walk up to her. Let's be honest, not that willingly, but I do it. And God speaks to her in such a profound way through that scripture that day. And I don't share this like this story to pump my own tires, but it's just a story of what can happen in someone's life when we're interruptible. When we're willing to put aside our books, when we're willing to put aside our studies, when we're willing uh, to, to not get that assignment done at work, when we're willing to put down our phone to pay attention to our kids, when we listen to the voice of God in our life who tells us to ask that person a question or, or to just uh, spend some time talking with this person uh, or instead of walking past that homeless person to stop and get to know them and take care of them. These prompts that we have all the time from God. When we are interruptible, God can change the world. He can change people's lives. He can change their experiences. And I do believe that God wants to use you if you're available and if you're willing. He wants to interrupt you in the midst of what you think is best so that he can use you in this world. But we have to have a posture and a willingness to allow him to do this. And so here is my question for us as we conclude. God loves to work through interruptible people. And so will you allow God to interrupt you this Christmas? (laughs) Perhaps your, your adult child who hasn't talked to you in years and hasn't been a really good kid to you is going to reach out and wants to reconnect. And in that moment of pride, you could just say like, no. But maybe this interruption to your life and allowing them back in could restore your relationship and change future generations. Maybe your neighbor is going to ask you to help hang up some Christmas lights. You're going to go, man, I do not have time for this. But maybe in the midst of hanging those lights, you're going to have a conversation. You're going to have an opportunity to pray for them and care for them. Maybe someone's going to invite you to another Christmas party. And you're like, this is super last minute. But maybe that interruption is going to bring about an opportunity that you could not expect. Perhaps God might call you to be incredibly generous this Christmas. And you're like, listen, inflation, it is tough times, all this kind of stuff, God. I don't have that kind of money and I don't want to give that kind of money away. But he might be encouraging you and stirring you to be generous, to help people and those around you. And he might interrupt your plans for your finances. Will you be available to him. Perhaps, and this is relevant, God might be calling you on mission. You're like, but oh, man, I'm just, I'm getting into my groove when it comes to work. And you know, I, I don't know if I can afford the time out. Will you allow him to interrupt you? And maybe for some of you, you think you've got your whole life figured out apart from God. 
you happen to be here this morning. And perhaps you allowing him to, maybe this Christmas, just being available and being willing, allow him to interrupt your life, to come in, to give you hope, to give you peace, to give you a new future. The question I want us to be curious about is this. Will you allow God to interrupt you this Christmas? Because if you do, I believe it can change the world. I believe it can change people's lives. And at the very least, it can change us. Mary's yes changed my life (laughs) and yours. And perhaps your life and your yes can change someone else's. God loves work through interruptible people. And uh, that's the thought I felt like the Lord wanted to share with us this morning through this text. So I'm going to pray for us, and then we'll move into a time of communion. So Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you, Lord, for how you're moving in this place. I'm going to pray a really simple prayer this morning, God. Will you help us to be interruptible? By your spirit, would you help us to be available, to be willing, to be used by you in our world, the world around us? That is our example of someone who was available and willing, someone who was interruptible, and that is Jesus Christ. Think about this for a moment. He left his heavenly home to come down to earth as a baby at Christmas to be among us. I want you to consider that he gave up his career as a carpenter to be a messenger. He was available to be interrupted by people throughout his ministry. Even when it was inconvenient, he spent time with them, he cared for them, he prayed for them, he healed them. And and most of all, Jesus ended his life on our behalf to give us forgiveness, to give us grace, to give us love, to give us mercy. And this is what we remember through the cross. And so as you come to the table today, you receive this juice and the bread. It represents an incredible example of someone, the God of the universe, who is willing to interrupt his ways in order to bring about goodness in the lives of others. So let us remember that today and let us receive that today. Thanks for listening to this message. If you've been listening to our sermons, but you're not a part of a church community, we would love to have you join us. You can go to cachurch.ca slash rail city to find out more information about getting involved in the life and mission of the Rail City campus of CA Church.